0: To the technical area, your weekly Football Manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Grayman, once again. Another busy week. La Remontada didn't happen this time, PSG held out against Barcelona. For the first time since 2005, Ronaldo and Messi will no longer be in the Champions League past the round of 16. So that's certainly got me thinking about what episode 59 of the podcast can be about. But more focus, I suppose, as we go into this week's one, episode 58, where we're going to be talking about compromise for congestion. Is it worth compromising your philosophy to deal with the congestion of fixtures that do come your way? It's a difficult decision and it's one that's certainly bringing up a lot of conversation in the world. So we live in this truncated season across european football the 2021-2022 season is certainly not going to be much easier as the leagues need to adapt for the 2022 world cup which will be taking place in november and december of 2022 meaning the 2022-2023 season will even be affected by fixture congestion so it seems to be that it's something european football is certainly going to have to get to grips with over the next three and four years as it tries to come back from the COVID pandemic, beginning this cycle and ending with the post-2022 World Cup run. For many of you out there, you've already navigated this in Football Manager. You're so far into the future that the rest of us who are sitting idle in the job centre are wondering, when can it be our turn? Not going to lie, I haven't played football manager in over a week. But that is due to the fact that I have just recently moved house. Yes. I've moved house. Football manager's taking place in a new location for me. And as a result, the last week has been so busy I haven't had a moment to load up the game. But before I did, it was with Stuttgart. Stuttgart were the team I chose from that list I shared on the blog. A little over nearly two weeks ago now, I suppose. And unfortunately. I don't know what was going on, whether it was you know, the preparation for the move or other factors, but I just didn't get the feel, I just didn't get the connection with Stuttgart that I was hoping for. So right now, I'm not quite sure where my future in Football Manager is going to take me. Will I be facing fixture congestion? I definitely will be. I definitely will be taking one of those jobs that I was offered. So I just have yet to decide which direction it is to go. Speaking of revisiting places we've been before, compromising is something that we've talked about a lot. But fixture congestion and managing squads, that's something we've talked about twice before. Not too long ago, we spoke about, in episode 41, we spoke about fixture congestion and squad management. And here we are again, episode 58, talking about it. But even to the extent that we spoke about it an even longer time ago, back when this podcast was known as the fm notebook we spoke about fixture congestion and we had mike according to fm guest starring on that episode dealing with fixture congestion it's something we all have to do and i know i keep coming back to it but it's it's in the media more and more it was something i had to manage carefully with valencia recently and i'm sure it's something you're having to manage and negotiate at the moment as well it's a very very difficult challenge because you have to wonder as well: Are some teams out there set up to fail? Are some teams out there doomed? But when fit once fixture congestion hits, are they doomed until football normalises post COVID? Who knows? It's hard. It's hard to know right now in the moment, and it's in the future. We'll have to look back and see with that gift of hindsight. But in football manager sense. I suppose we can navigate it through careful thought and careful consideration. And I suppose one of the most important things we can do is have a sense of pre-planning. Taking a look at the fixture list once it's announced at the start of the year. Noting down any, or even taking the mental notes of any key dates, key runs of fixtures where there might be like that. You might have a run of seven games in 20 days or so on. So like, you know... Having that look and see, right, how am I going to prepare for these moments? How am I going to prepare for these uh, events? Well, obviously you can't anticipate what way your squad is going to look. Injuries happen, whether they are through the intensity or through contact injuries. So in terms of pre-planning, you have to have a plan. You have to have it in your head of what's going to be happening. We'll be touching more on the piece done by FM Grasshopper recently on the byline. Where he talks about looking two and three. But Grasshopper had a great piece of advice. It. It's looking two, three games down the line. Keeping in, that in mind. So maybe if you want to approach it that way. For me, I like to lay up my training schedules. As soon as it's available in June or July. So just before preseason starts. I just set up a training schedule for a full week so it's a case of for matches on Saturday matches on Sunday I'll have two kind of adapted ones there to fit in and of course then for when there is pre-planned midweek fixtures early on in the season that again I will have a separate schedule there whether it's working then through a team that's competing in um, continental competitions of course you have to factor in um, European weeks that those are going to change but I like to go through, copy and paste all the way through the season. So that's a case of when once the fixture lists change, that it's a case of I have a base, then I can work around. And it means that then if I can certainly look and see, right, we have two games this week. This is my two-game schedule. I can copy and paste then from a separate week. Rotation is something that I suppose we've all discussed. We all know it's kind of one of those words that kind of came into you know into being i suppose in the everyday speak when rafa benitez and josie Mourinho, especially arrived into english football and it became a word that when rafa did of course most famously name a different team 99 games in a row on a match they 100 named the same team to break his streak such so as the way rafa benitez works i suppose but rotation of course is something that does need to be factored into dealing with congestion. We'll talk about it a little bit more later on in the pod. But in terms of rotation, having a planned rotation in the taking that time in the summer to analyze your squad depth, that's certainly something that could really have implications for how your season pans out, knowing you know how you can adapt as the season goes on. Another thing as well we've spoken about before um, is the importance of match review and recovery sessions after games. Match reviews are very, very light in intensity and so are recovery sessions. My own preference would be with recovery sessions if I'm having a congested period. And it's a home game so there's no travel time taken out of that day after a game. that I can look and schedule a recovery session, match review and recovery session then afterwards. So I can ideally have a double recovery day with the match review kind of breaking it up. Of course, that order. You can work right whatever way you want to work. But having a double recovery after a midweek match it could certainly make be, be the difference between having your players fit and sharp and ready and your best players fit and sharp and ready for that weekend's game that you are going to be facing. But Of course, as the world of sports science is evolving, it's coming to Football Manager even now. Topics such as fixture congestion, uh, player fatigue mentally physically technically tactically it's all becoming it's all anal- it's all being analyzed now we're all seeing a way in which um you know scientists are beginning to pay an awful lot more attention to the impact of sports science outside oh, the impact of congestion on professional sports where a high contact and high velocity sports such as rugby even the nfl to an extent. Teams very rarely have to deal with a shortened week. Most often it's matches on when well you have a 7-day, seven, seven day, even 8-day break at times between matches. In the NFL, of course, you could be forced to play a shortened week, so playing on a Sunday and then the following Thursday. But if you play like on the Thursday, you will then have like the guts of 10 days off before you play the following, following Sunday or even Monday. In football, it's not like that. And I read two excellent pieces, one from I think it's uh, the University of Huddersfield and then another one from Springer.com. You'll find the links to both of these down below. But the detail in which scientists are beginning to look into fixture congestion on football in particular is just phenomenal. Fixture congestion has been defined as a minimum of two games of uh, with an intermatch recovery period of less than 96 hours. So it's a case of if you're playing like that two matches w- w- within a 4 day break it's it's deemed fixture congestion. And unfortunately as this article has said it is becoming a frequent and contemporary issue in professional soccer professional football due to the increased commercialization of sport. Something I was r- I was thinking about recently was where the power now lies in football. What managers constantly complaining about fixture congestion and so on. The timing of games, even you have to wonder now is the power with those people who supply the money into the game? Do the television companies now run the run football? Is that where the power lies in the game? And I suppose the fact now that we are seeing an increase because football is becoming so commercialized you know, Premier League scheduling these late evening match days to appeal to the American market while having the early kickoffs appeal to the Asian and Australasian markets. You're beginning to look now at a sport that's really becoming global. With all leagues looking at similar aspects as well. And in Football Manager we are beginning to feel the effects of it as well in our gameplay. It even went as far to say that a 2012 study by leading Dutch coach Raymond Verhagen. I hope I pronounced that right. Showed that teams with two days preparation for a game we 40% less likely to win the next game than a team with three days to get ready. For European football teams, that's beginning to have a significant impact. If you're playing a Champions League game on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you, might could, be, you could be playing a Saturday evening game, even a Sunday game. Thursday is most often dedicated to recovery. So in terms of your preparation, you are only dealing really with Friday and Saturday. Friday you mightn't be too intense because it would be more intense of the two, but Saturday would certainly be a very, very light day. And for those teams who do play in Europa League as well, playing a Thursday night most often means playing Sunday or even the following Monday. So the effects are going to be even more significant on the match following this Europa League game, this Champions League game. And it will be interesting to see where this Europa Conference League fits in once it's introduced from next season onwards. How again? More teams across Europe are faced with this increase in fixer congestion, but the fact that teams are forty percent less likely to win the next game because of it, a one extra day in preparation—that is a phenomenal difference. It's on. It's it's something that really has to be taken into account, and for most you know data analysts from most sports scientists when they look at these numbers it does impact when they deal with the medical department and the team management that coaches are then forced to rotate key players which means that key players are less likely to play you know 75 to 90 minutes when european games are played midweek we're seeing so many teams now forced to only play you know some of these star players and i think in the case if you might see one one player be substituted in for the other from 60 minutes onwards. For Like you might be taking off, just thinking of the Liverpool example, Sadio Mane could come on and replace Mo Salah. And obviously that didn't happen last week with the Fulham game, but it could, it could be something we'd see now uh, going forward. And it's something we will see going forward, even with Chelsea now, with Manchester City after European games especially. The fact that those clubs are very well resourced with their deep squads. But most interestingly, is that the players we, that we know it ourselves from playing football manager that the players most likely to need to be substituted off, the players most likely needed to be rotated more, are often the wide midfielders and the strikers. Your forwards. Because these tend to be rotated more frequently during periods of fixture congestion. Central midfielders as well, as the game becomes this increased central midfield battle more and more as I asked of centre midfielders across every kind of area of the pitch covering for attacking wing backs, sitting deep as a, a sick you know the, as a, an auxiliary centre back at times um, pushing forward to supplement the attack covering the wide spaces if the wide midfield the attacking wide player cuts inwards the demands now being placed on players I mean we are seeing an increase in rotation of certain positions but positions like Central defenders, they do not tend to be rotated as often. Having dependable centre-backs, of course, is key. Building a relationship between both is key. But while central defenders tend not to be subbed off, while central defenders tend not to be rotated as much because of physical fatigue, mental fatigue is now something that we do have to consider as well. And I wonder if that does factor into football managers' natural fitness, into the concentration if, if these all then will factor into uh, stamina as well of course but these all factor into the players match sharpness when we see them ready for a game will mental fatigue now be impact now be factored in going forward as we are seeing this you know increased mental fatigue on the players because of the number of matches they are playing when you look at the, da- the data the data however one of the most interesting things to see that is when in these periods of fixture congestion players tend to cover the same distance however what is impacted is the intensity of how they cover this distance players tending to pace themselves more so we're kind of seeing less and less of this gung-ho you know 90 minute full throttle heavy metal football and instead we are seeing teams a lot more composed bursting in spurts rather than you know all over the pitch having this continued sense of intensity and i suppose this season we are seeing that effect on a lot of teams the fact there was a reduced pre-season as well that base fitness levels would be down so when we are watching live football it is interesting to see that those teams who would tend to play a more measured and controlled game they seem to be the teams that are having better better success on the pitch other areas that are not impacted include the te- player's technical ability technical ability does not seem to be impacted by fixture congestion but tactical Im- but tactically players do seem to be impacted that the synchronization between players does tend to be negated because of the physical demands of the game because of the reduced recovery time and re- reduced match preparation time that because this you know rotation might affect this, fatigue may affect this, but we're seeing teams tactically become a little less structured. We're seeing teams that tend to be a little bit more scattered, a little bit more pulled all over the place. For example, you think of defense midfielders have to cover a lot more space if players are out of position, unable to recover. Synchronization along the wings, the link of play between wingers, fullbacks, centre midfielders on a particular side. Gaps may open because players are more fatigued. Mentally and physically, which means that the reducers there is increased demands on other players to fill these gaps, meaning gaps open up elsewhere on the pitch, and the opposition can exploit. The opposition can get goals, and it's interesting to see that this is now how the game seems to be developing. And a football manager, of course, we all know, it's very very frustrating to see that way well, like that. You might make your three subs, whatever the, the number it is, you can make. There are fatigued players, and you can see there is a mistake coming from them and It's very, very hard to address that and keep your team ticking at the in the way and at the way at the uh, intensity you want it to happen. fixture congestion is a price of success, but it's a normally however, we are seeing of course that is the price of the covid induced truncated seasons. And, of course, the impact of the twenty twenty two World Cup on future seasons as well, adapting training in football manager is something that we all have to be very, very aware of. We all have to look at that intensity bar at the bottom and see how can I you know manage my training? How can I ensure that my teams are in you know the best physical shape. And the best prepared shape. How can we strike that balance going into each match day? When I put out the weirder community poll for this week, I did not put training adaptations, training down because of the fact that it is something we all have to do. And we are all forced to do, whether you assign training or not to your assistant or not. Adapting training during periods of fixture congestion just has to happen. However, asking the community like, what do you compromise more in two-thirds of what i said it's team selection so in terms of they tend to rotate more and for me that's key that's something i definitely do i tend to rotate my team more in term. i tend to have you know a planned rotation in place insofar as i will make three or four changes going into every match i will know i look to the bench and say right these three or four players are going to be starting the next game so it means these three or four players are going to be dropping out. And then I going in, once I have my starting eleven selected, I will know going into the match right. these are the players I'm going to be withdrawing. So with Valencia, I knew the four or five players I would be taking off. Because I had the five substitution rule, fortunately, this season. My tactical intensity, like one, or the one of community said, look, I, it's my tactical intensity that I tend to compromise more in. In terms of that high-pressing style, the counter attacking style, the high-tempo style, I completely understand. That's something I have looked to. But in terms of, I've compromised that across a season rather than going from a period of fixture congestion. So I tend, I'm trying to reduce my tactical intensity. Getting back to the team selection the rotation. I try to know the players are going to be taking off, the players are going to be bringing on. And going into each match, I try and think ahead, right, these are going to be the players I'm going to play. One of the best ways I've learned to use this is is use is using the analysts that scout report of the you know of researching my opponent, my next opponent, right? What is the best player, what is the best way I can score gold, what's the best way I can play here. At Valencia, I was stuck with the four four two. And in terms of the difference make, I could play inverted wingers. Traditional wingers, target man, a false nine, advance forward up front. So for me, it was trying to strike the balance between having these players fit and having the best players available for my team selection going into the next match day. If I saw teams were susceptible to goals from crosses and headers, then my target man might not start the game before, so Maxi Gomez wouldn't have played the game before. But going into that match day, Maxi Gomez is starting up front. Romero will start as the advance forward beside. And we're going to play uh, wingers. Where if we saw that teams were susceptible to through balls. They conceded a lot of goals through the middle. Then of course we'd have looked at the inverted wingers. We'd have looked to maybe Manu Vallejo to start the front as the false nine. We'd have looked to try and find a balance and see. And of course strong the game I was in the position to change it as well. I would have looked to have been in a position to change it as well. Through that planned rotation. Through that... versatility, knowing the versatility of players I could play as well, Vallejo could also play as an advanced forward and then uh, Ruben Sabrino on the bench could play as a poacher or could play even as a target man so I wasn't going to be stuck in my rotation there either squad building at the start of the season is very very important for some clubs you may be financially restricted so you may need to look to youth development you may need to look to pad out your squad for promising young players. That's why I was at Valencia. These players came in. and By the end of the season, they were starting matches because they had shown such remarkable levels of development. Another, obviously, way is you look at clubs like Manchester City. You look at clubs like Chelsea. Clubs who... Paris Saint-Germain. Clubs who do have that significant financial muscle and have built up squads that are thick, deep and full of quality. That means that when we get into these periods of fixture congestion, it's just merely different options. It's nearly a different name of the teams, but tactically you will not be really compromised there. Compromising tactics though is something that may need to be considered. Like a third of the community said, and like I've kind of touched on already, I've tried to simplify my tactic to the extent of I know going into every match how it's going to work. I know going into every Match it's the case if we're going to play a similar philosophy. But Valencia was stuck at a four four two. The shape can change during the game, but we can see that we're going to try play the same way. And in these periods of fixture congestion, I might have a game plan in place. It might be automatic or it might be manually managed by me. But in it's something that I learned to do at San Francisco Rush back in FM eighteen. And that was having a game plan for the last kind of quarter of the game as I treated it then. And the way that worked was I built up in preseason, I focused a lot on fitness. Um, in a match, I looked to be very expressive with the ball to open the pitch out really wide and kind of focus on that, let the ball do the work philosophy. And then going into the last few minutes where the players kind of would have you know, conserved their fitness over the game. We'd look to get direct and run at the opposition, who we'd hoped would have fatigued through our heavy possession-based play, and then just overrun them through direct running. That was a game plan that worked for us. During periods of fixture congestion like we're experiencing now in Football Manager and in Real World, I don't know if that would work, but it's something certainly to keep in mind. To have a game plan in place that come the latter stages of the game, Maybe your team changes how you play. Maybe your team's overarching you know, philosophy might stay the same, but there might be just kind of like that a shift in how it's done and that the game might have two very distinct phases that you try and work on. Now, speaking of you know, comp- making compromises, speaking of learning lessons, there's a great piece on the byline that came out yesterday from FM Grasshopper. And what Grass was talking about was, you know, managing fitness during, you know, managing fitness in Football Manager 2021. Uh, managing fatigue and trying to prevent injuries. Excellent piece. I really, really enjoyed it. Again, if you haven't read it, go on, check it out. Link will be found down below. Just like the links to the two other articles I've already mentioned in the, the science kind of section part. But Grass has made some excellent points in this. He emphasizes the role of preseason. That the role of pre-season is to establish the base fitness levels. So it means that during the season you can just focus on the generic physical session. That in preseason you focus on the endurance, the resistance, and the quickness sessions really intensely. So that your players can go into the season, you know, having a strong pre-season kind of you know behind them having built up their fitness levels to a high level. The role of pre-season is grass also can be used to establish your squad depth. So obviously pre-season tends to happen at the time the transfer market is open. So it certainly means that you can make an informed decision there of how your squad will be shaping up going into the season, where your depth can come from, Can kind it of come from young players within the squad, or do you need to look outside your club into the transfer market to bring in the extra couple of bodies to see you through the season. Grass also touches on um training units and tra uh, lighter team uh in training sessions, lighter unit sessions that keep the players sharp but not at their expense of the condition in the next match day. That is exactly kind of what needs to be done. I tend to let my players um fitness and int- training intensity levels be set by the coach by the uh, physios to automatic. So it means that when we kind of get into the sessions, if players do need to be put on a half schedule, that will be done automatic. I think Friday Night FM put up a a view last year in FM20. I don't know if it's still available over on the WeStream FM site. But that's certainly worth looking into as well, that view there. Because it means that you can kind of, although it's a pre-season fitness thing, it can certainly be, you know, it's very, very handy to flick it on um, mid-season and see how your players are training, what the training areas are on and so on. I think it has been translated into FM21, if you just load download the screen from FM20, because I certainly have used that view in FM21. Grass also talks about tactical intensity and the impact of players' roles on it, on their own fitness, their own condition and their own ability to be available for match days. The intensity of your side tactics could be a ma- major influence in how your players are available. We spoke that already. You think of the earlier Liverpool years, the number of injuries picked up, the amount of abuse, um, not abuse, but the amount of criticism Jurgen Klopp and even Mauricio Pochettino at Tottenham were subjected to for years because of the intensity of their training sessions. But a player's individual role could also mean that they are less likely to be available, that their physical impact um, of performing this role in a match may reduce their ability to be fully available for fully fit for the next game. Grass mentions a winger on support will be less likely to expend as much energy in a game as a winger on attack. I suppose that's a great example. Stamina and natural fitness will also play those two numbers will play a huge, huge, huge influence on the availability of your players. Stamina tends to reflect the ability of your player to play at the top of their Um, powers for the 90 minutes of a game while natural fitness tends to reflect on your your player's ability to recover to full fitness in between games if you are building up a squad focusing on developing stamina and natural fitness in pre-season as grass touched on with that base fitness levels and base fitness training sessions if you can see an improvement of those and try to maintain them during the season that will certainly certainly benefit you when you come to these uh, periods where games come thick and fast. Something you may consider would be during these uh, international breaks where you might have two weeks off, even three weeks off, to maybe use some either as mini boot as mini boot camps to give players a time to rest and recover, build up the fitness kind of thing later on, maybe in the week, give them after giving them a few days off. And then you might look to go into the next period with the, these mini boot camps done for the players who remain behind. Or as Grass even said to give the players two weeks off full time to rest and recover so that when it's time to get back to the match, matches your, your players have been managed well enough that they can come back fit and ready to go well rested. Of course it's something that a lot of us don't pay an awful lot of attention to, and that is the medical centre. Checking into the medical centre will also give you an idea of the players match load, the players um, injuries. Other further information there, and it will help you make informed decisions of who to rotate, when to rotate, and what kind of key indicators to look out for. When it comes to fixture congestion, we all have to manage, we all have to cope. You may not want to, but it may be something that's forcing you, and that's just making a compromise. The compromise could come in your tactics, it'll certainly come in your training, it may come in your team selection as well, but nonetheless being prepared in pre-season, being prepared throughout your first season, even the full management going into your second season, learning lessons there, and taking lessons you've learned in previous versions of Football Manager. Those lessons, those notes, those moments you've learned could certainly be the difference between you finding success at a difficult time and floundering when you can't finish out 90 minutes with all your best players on the pitch you can't finish out 90 minutes without your players falling apart on the final stages because of the intensity of your game plan now just before i say goodbye i want to say thank you for listening thank you for getting involved whether it was on the community polls or not sending in messages whatever it was i appreciate them all Um, If you want to check out the links below, you'll find the sources of information that informed some of the discussion on this podcast. certainly contributed to it through some direct quotes. You'll also find um, the links to me on Twitter, the pod on Twitter, and the emails for both the show and for me as well. If you want to suggest topics, leave a review, or anything like that, all positive feedback is welcome. And if you are leaving negative feedback, please leave it in the form of constructive criticism. Because again, this podcast is for you. It's for the community. We want to make it better for you as well. In terms of making changes, there may be changes being made after the move of house, move of home for me. So that you may, podcast may appear a little differently over the next couple of weeks as I try to, you know, manage the demands of where I live and where I work alongside my football manager time. So, Please bear with me during, you know, this what could be a transitional phase. Music for the podcast came from Pond Five, so if you do wish to, you know, find any other stock footage, videos, music, photographs, Pond Five is certainly one of the best places to go. Next week, episode fifty nine, we're going to be talking about what we kind of alluded to at the start of the podcast: changing the talisman. When is it time to move on from the face of the team? How do you move on from their departure? We look at the impacts of players like Roy Keane, Thierry Henry and Steven Gerrard left on their clubs. And we could possibly discuss, you know, the Messi and Ronaldo departures, which could be potentially happening this summer, from Barcelona and Juventus respectively, and see what ways we would cope in such a way. So again, your voice, your involvement, your thoughts and opinions will most certainly be welcome and will certainly, you know, lead to a very, very interesting discussion next week. But until then, stay safe. I've been Gaffer Graymo. Thank you for listening. Bye now.